open your Bibles or your devices to Matthew chapter 28. We'll be reading the whole chapter together. I don't know what's going on, but there's a bright light shining out there at the moment. I haven't seen it for weeks. <laughs> meant, to be, meant to be raining today. I'm glad the weathermen get it wrong every now and again, eh? So it's Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know who you are looking for. And I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he is risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. They ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see, see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. When the chief priest met, met with the elders, they devised a plan. They gave the soldiers a large sum of money. I meant to read this without seeing it, I think. Telling them, you are to say to the, that the disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The resurrection story. Do we believe that the dead can rise? Every other religion has, a lead, has a, their founder or their leader still in the grave. But ours is different because Jesus has risen from the dead. It is the very foundation of our faith. Do we believe in miracles? 
Our whole faith is based on miracles, the virgin birth, the resurrection of Jesus, all the things that he did while he was alive, the amazing things which happen when we pray. Are we a people that believe in the supernatural? I've got three points that I want to bring out this morning. The, the first one is, how thick is a brick? The second one is the stories that lay behind. And the third one is when the, when the penny drops. So how, how thick is a brick? First of all, we have the, the women going to the grave at dawn. What were they expecting to see? Were they expecting to find Jesus there or Jesus gone? Had they been listening? You know what also amazes me in this first accounts of the resurrection of Jesus rising from the grave is that where were the disciples? They had been walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus for three years. Where were they on the first day of the week? When The first day when um, after the Passover is gone when they can go and see the grave. They're somewhere else. They're hiding in a room. They're scared. They're not really sure what has actually happened. And then you have these soldiers at the grave. They've experienced an earthquake. They have seen this massive stone being rolled back from the grave. They've seen an angel sitting on the, on the tombstone, so frightened that they were like dead men. What do they think just happened? And then you have the, the teachers of the law and the, and the chief priests. They get told the story of the, of the resurrection of Jesus, a thing which he'd been claiming all through his ministry. And yet all they were interested in was not the truth, but making sure that the story gets covered up. How many times do we need to be shown something before we actually believe it? How many miracles does he got to do for us before we will actually start walking the way which he wants us to walk, to do the things, to have the courage, to do the things that he wants us to do? The stories that, that lay, lay behind. Here we see the um, two women going to the gravesite at sunrise, the um, two, two, two Marys. Why do they go at dawn? Why do they go at sunrise? I mean, the dead really don't go very far, do they? Have you been has, Have you been to visit a grave of someone of a loved one who's died? You don't have to go at first thing in the morning. You go at any time. They are there. They're always there. They go. They went first thing in the morning. Their response was amazing when they first saw Jesus. When they came across him on the, on the way back from the, from the tomb, what was their response? They laid down at his feet and they worshipped him. How was our response to Jesus? Do we meet with him first thing in the morning? Do we come there expecting to see something special or to have something special happen? 
When we meet with him, do we lay at his feet? Do we worship him? The disciples, where were they? They were in a room, they were in hiding, they were scared. We learn that from the accounts of the other, other, other Gospels. What were they expecting? What was going on in their heads? What were the stories that were rattling around? I mean, they probably just felt like they just wasted the last three years of their lives because Jesus had been killed. They know what death looks like and they knew that Jesus was in the grave and he was a dead man. And for them it spelled failure because they had all these expectations of what the Messiah would do of how he would free them from their Roman oppression, how he would lift up Israel as a nation. But Jesus has ended up in a grave. For them it looks like a complete failure. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you've got, been guided by God into a certain situation or to do a certain thing and it's just been a complete failure? You just feel like it's been a complete failure. I remember when I um, first went to, to Bible college, I was, felt like I'd been guided through a whole process of events. I shared these events with my Bible study group and um, they advised me, to, why don't you go to Bible college? And so I went off to Bible college. Within three months of being there, I'd run out of resources. Had no money, couldn't pay the rent. I was struggling big time with um, with study. Couldn't couldn't read. It's funny to come out of um, year ten of a local high school and not be able to read and comprehend very well. So here I am trying to read these books and um, understand these words I've never seen and put, and regurgitated into some sort of an essay. And I felt like it was a, a complete waste of time. Just just wrong. And I can imagine the disciples were feeling the same sort of feeling. This is just wrong. I've been following this bloke for three years and he's just been crucified. He's just died. People don't come back from that. That ended up being the best two years of my life when I look back on that. Fantastic. Learn a heap about myself and learn a heap about God and how I respond in tough situations. And, and been able to see how God works and God acted. And then you have the soldier's response. What was the soldier's response? They were like dead men. They saw this angel come down and remove this rock which was probably too big for a land cruiser to pull out of the hole. And sit on, sit on top of it. They turned into dead men, and, and yet when they report it to the Pharisees, they're so easily swayed. They've just been witnesses, eyewitnesses to an amazing miracle. Yet it changes like that. Imagine how much trouble a Roman soldier would be in for going to sleep while guarding a grave, a, a, that tomb. That very, very important tomb was important that Jesus didn't get up from the grave. They, they put two Roman soldiers there to make sure that he didn't get up from the grave, that nothing else happened. There's no way they would go to sleep. I don't know how they didn't get killed. They should have been killed. 
pouvoir aider. And then you have the Pharisees, or not the Pharisees, the teachers of the law and the chief priests. Now if anyone would have understood the narrative of what the Messiah must do, it would be these people. And it's like it doesn't matter how much truth is there, they want to create the lie and they want to believe the lie. Because the truth doesn't matter, it's more about their power and making sure that their particular situation isn't changed, isn't moved. Do we hear that at all? Is that part of our world? Do we ever hear a narrative being created to prove a point which not, 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 is definitely not true? I mean, the last two years of our life, we've had so much of that sort of stuff. There's been narratives created around COVID, how bad it is, how bad it isn't. Our leaders have, you know, I'd like to think that they really think this or what it is as dangerous as what it is because they shut our economies down. They shut our freedoms down. They've, they've done all sorts of things. I'd like to think that they would do that in our best interest. And then you have the narratives on the other side. We don't know what to believe. And then you have this Ukraine-Russia conflict and the narratives which are created around that. By Russia, by the West. The stories that lay behind. Where do we sit? For some people, when it comes to Jesus Christ, the penny never drops. And for some of us, it seems to just drop in degrees. We're only willing to do a certain amount, and that's enough. The disciples, when they met in Galilee on their mountain, with Jesus Christ, some worshipped him and some doubted. I suppose the question that I want to ask you and what I want you to go away with is in your life, has the penny dropped when it comes to Jesus? When the penny dropped with the disciples, every single one of them Every single one of them, except for John, who died on the island of Patmos, was either murdered, martyred, or crucified for the cause of spreading the gospel. When people look at your life, look at our lives, what are they going to see? Are they going to see that you are a person who counted fulfilling this great commission, which is in verses 18 and 20, as number one priority in your life, or you're just sort of halfway there? Is it really a big thing in our workplaces? Amongst our home, at home and with our friends and family, what do they see? Has the penny dropped? Or are we only halfway there? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them 
in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always. Always. Let me just close in a word of prayer. Lord, I just want to um, thank you that um, even though we might walk into hard situations at times, that we never ever walk in there alone. That if you are calling us to do something, that you will always be with us and you'll always be providing and encouraging and giving us all we need to persevere and to get through. And I just pray for all of us, Lord, that the penny does really drop. And that we do fully understand what it means, this great commission, what you have put on all of us, Lord, to do. And you give us the courage to take those steps. I pray this in your name. Amen. I think David's